I am absolutely shocked that Brett Veach and company took this strategy for the 2021 NFL Draft. Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on into the Sports Buffoon Studios here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is Mike Settle today, running it solo with you guys. I'm going to give you guys a little Chiefs draft recap over here. Uh, the NFL draft is now in the books officially. Round 7 has completed, and the Chiefs wrapped it up with six picks in total. We had two in the second round at picks 58 and 63, and another four picks here on Saturday. Um, now, what surprised me the most about this draft uh, in general was that they took an approach, Veach and Andy Reid took an approach here that goes a little bit against what they traditionally do. I see, typically see this team take a best player available type of approach throughout most draft classes. In this case, you know, we look at the Chiefs t- team the way that they're structured right now, and are they lacking uh, along the offensive line? Sure they have been. Have they been lacking along, you know, getting potential more edge rushers? Of course. Have we needed another receiver? Of course. Have we needed to have another backup tight end? Of course. And, you know, fulfill the need as well as at inside linebackers some more. And uh, the Chiefs took this draft class, and they did something that I was very shocked by, and that is going with a need-based draft class. And that tells me actually one thing. I don't think that the Chiefs organization really thought very highly of the class that was the 2021 draft prospect list. I think that uh, the, the team looked at what they needed to fulfill for the moment, for this year, and then for the you know next three to four to five years, and went ahead and grabbed those guys, best player at a team of at a position of need, and I think getting Nick Bolton here at pick 58 was a very good pick actually. Nick Bolton proven himself at Mizzou, 2019 and 2020 All SEC first team, um, so the guys had obviously a couple years of big time playmaker ability. He's a great against the run, great run defender. Um, he actually averaged the most tackles per game in all of the SEC. So uh, this was a guy who's constantly around the ball, flows well over the ball, uh, mixed plays in the backfield. So um, I just think he's going to be one of those productive inside linebackers for this organization. Here was actually the reaction from Mel Kiper Jr. as soon as the pick was made, sending Nick Bolton over to Kansas City. The kid can play. He can. 5'11 and a half. He can fly to the football. He's a leader of this defense. He was a tempo setter on defense and certainly the, the focal point of this defense for a while. You talked about a tackling machine all over the field, Lou, and you had talked about him in references, skill set, and the way he can play as an every-down performer. Yeah, look, he is he's a guy who has good can diagnose, and you see it right there. Behind the line of scrimmage, he can run sideline to sideline. And when he inserts, he's going to put all of his weight into you just like that. He has tremendous uh, coil ability, the ability to unleash on you at the point of contact. Now, not everyone was really happy about this pick, as a matter of fact, because one pick later, pick 59, Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, went off the board. And that'll be someone to watch and see how that guy pans out. It was a guy that was on a lot of fans' radar. Um, he's a six foot three, two hundred and one pounds, big wide receiver that would have helped the team out quite a bit, I think, right away in year one. But I think that the team saw Bolton sitting there and understood that that right now might be a bigger need as far as filling in the gaps right there and run defense, uh, and as far as having a, a future leader um, in the middle there as well of the defense. So 
I think they took that into account here in this situation over the talent of Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, now, I would have been happy either way here. I'm not upset about the Bolton pick. I think it's a fine pick because uh, I think that the Chiefs are going to be just fine. And right now, they're filling the gaps that were left on this roster throughout the offseason. Here's the thing. Even though the Chiefs did not have a first-round pick in this draft class, I don't think it ended up mattering at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, they basically used their first-round pick on Orlando Brown Jr., the uh, left tackle for the current and for the future of this franchise, which is amazing. Uh, but I think that they also got two starters out of this whole class as well. So Nick Bolton, I think, can be a starter from day one on this team, right there along with Hitchens, at least getting uh, quality playing time. I don't see this guy sitting on the bench for very long. Uh, and then after that, uh, five picks later, the Chiefs went ahead and took the center from Oklahoma, Creed Humphrey. With the 63rd pick in the 2021 draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Creed Humphrey, center, Oklahoma. Well, there he is, Mal. He didn't allow a single sack the past two years. He was the Big 12's offensive lineman of the year each of the last two seasons. Yeah, that would have been my pick, like I said, if I were even a little earlier than this, maybe mid-second round. A kid who obviously, you talk about athletic ability, 11-2 broad jump, 33 vertical, around a 509. He's a strong kid. He was the offensive lineman of the year in the Big 12 this past year. This offense lit it up. Talk about how good they were offensively with Spencer Rattler uh, at quarterback as a run blocker, positional blocks. He also blocks on the move. Uh, maybe contact rate at times could improve, but as a pass blocker, really good technique, a really strong, solid, consistent anchor. Loves to play the game. He studies, he's packed watches guys, and he really is patting himself after in the NFL. And he's all about maximizing that ability. I really like Creed Humphrey. I think he can anchor a line for 10, 12 years. Both. And former. Uh, this guy's been a three year starter over there at the school and uh, just an absolute mauler. I mean, a great technician. Uh, really just one of those centers that just doesn't do anything wrong. He gave up zero sacks in his entire career in college. And uh, what's amazing about that to me is that, you know what, that was the Chiefs' problem in the Super Bowl, obviously, was allowing pressure. And we had a lot of issues with, with the center situation here in Kansas City. Austin Ryder, as we all know, is gone, but he was not one of my favorite players on this team by any means. They also added Austin Blythe to the roster, so... Now we have two centers, two newcomers to the team that can battle out for that position. And Andy Reid himself has actually mentioned that Creed Humphrey could probably play guard as well if called upon or if someone like, say, Kyle Long does not come back healthy enough or, you know, thick enough to come back and be productive once again in the NFL after having some time off. So I'm very intrigued to see how Creed Humphrey turns out. This guy was actually recommended by Orlando Brown Jr. And Orlando Brown Jr., went to the team and said, hey, you need to take a look at this guy. This would be someone who would be a great fit. Obviously, both being OU Sooners probably helped a lot playing in the, end of the impact of that. So um, I like the addition a lot of Creed Humphrey. I, he still had some haters. I mean, if you look, if you check your Twitter, the timeline's got haters all over the place. I mean, people are hating on Nick Bolton to move. People are hating on the Creed Humphrey move. I don't know what to tell you. I think we got two solid starters. Are either one of them going to be, you know, first-team All-Pros? I don't know. I, I really, really doubt that Nick Bolton ever is. I think Creed Humphrey has a chance, but um, I, I think that, that right now we should be content and happy with seeing the team fill the needs to go back and win a Super Bowl again because they're fixing the holes that were on this roster that prevented us from winning the Super Bowl just four months ago. And then the Chiefs ended up not having a pick in the third round, but here in the fourth round with pick 144, the Chiefs went ahead and took defensive end Joshua Kando out of Florida State. 
Um, an interesting pick here. It actually reminds me a lot of the departure of Tano Passanio from the team. Kendo coming in at six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. Uh, comes off, you know, long arms, but he has an injury history and has also had some trouble apparently in the past uh, getting to the quarterback, which is an interesting dynamic considering the Chiefs. That's something that they want to continue to improve on from the front four uh, as far as edge rushers go. So I think they look at this guy as a developmental prospect. I don't think he's going to get a ton of playing time in year one, uh, but I do think he's someone that the Chiefs can look at as molding here. Maybe in year three, year four can be a guy that gets on the field more often. And then shortly after that, the Chiefs actually traded up to grab a tight end, Noah Gray out of Duke. Um, the guy actually has pretty good athletic ability, it looks like. He's coming in at about six foot three, 245 pounds, uh, ran a 4.6, so, I mean, he's got some quicks to him, and it looks like a good pass-catching tight end. Someone the Chiefs have needed to be able to come in every once in a while when Kelsey's taking a breather. Um, that has been an issue since Travis Kelsey's been on this roster since 2013. They've gone through the likes of uh, Demetrius Harris and Obviously, guys like Nick Kaiser are just not going to get the job done on this team. Um, I'm hoping that maybe this uh, Gray can come in here and learn a little bit from Travis Kelsey, and that way, if something was to go wrong with Travis, you know, you never know when an injury could occur or just, you know, someone needing it to take a few plays off at some point. A guy like Kelsey who's on the field almost every down, now at 31 years old, I'm sure would like to have someone behind him you can rely on to come into the game every once in a while. And that has been a problem for this team. So we just saw Chiefs took linebacker, filled a need. Chiefs went ahead and took defensive end, filled a need. Chiefs took a center, filled a need. And then taking the backup tight end on this roster now to fill another need. Not only that, but we talked about needing another receiver at some point too. Chiefs went ahead and did that as well. Took the Clemson receiver, Cornell Powell, actually. Uh, this is an intriguing uh, prospect because this was a guy that has had many injury concerns. Comes out as a, a redshirt senior as a matter of fact, and really did not play much up until his last year here in 2020 where he had 880 yards receiving and seven touchdowns. So he finally was able to break out a little bit. Um, decent sized bodied guy, good frame, good athlete, coming in about six feet tall, 205 pounds, um, has had a, a major injury history in the past, had a hard time staying on the field. But this looks like a guy that could play outside a little bit. I think I see him being someone similar to maybe the Pringle situation where you know, he comes in for spot duty here occasionally early on in his career, but then over time can get on the field a little bit more on the offensive side of things. So uh, I'm hoping the Chiefs can, you know, find a way to use this guy here early on. And I think there's a potential for that to happen, depending on the development of guys like, you know, Miko Hardman stepping up in year three, and then maybe even seeing if Pringle can step up when called upon as well. I think what we see with Demarcus Robinson on this roster is what we get. I don't think he's anything special. I think he is topped out. Um, he's, he's kind of a, you know, makes boneheaded plays every once in a while. And that's just probably not the kind of guy we want to be our number two receiver next to Tyree Kill, where I think I see a lot more potential in just bringing in a fresh face, maybe even still giving Pringle more playing time. But I like the idea of using Powell offensively a little bit and seeing if we can get some production out of him even in year one even if he's just seeing the field maybe 10 percent of the snaps that would be enough to where it's good development for a guy like him getting to the pro level and then here's the thing to cap it all off you guys with the last pick they had in the sixth round here pick number 227 they go back offensive line once again grabbing trey smith out of tennessee he is a guard but it looks like he can actually move a little bit to right tackle if needed um, big guy, six foot six, three hundred and thirty-one pounds. 
Um, this is a guy that, I mean, he's, he, he didn't like the fact he didn't go on at least day two of the draft. He vowed to never forget plummeting in the 2021 NFL draft. So this is a guy that's going to have a chip on his shoulder coming in. And it, at the very least, he's going to add a lot of competition to this team, a team that's now loaded with offensive line talent uh, across the board because this is going to be a battle to see who's going to be there on the starting five protecting Patrick Mahomes this coming season. The, the Chiefs and Brett Veach, Andy Reid, are not going to allow what happened to this previous season to happen again. Uh, we're not going to go into the Super Bowl, and Mahomes is going to be pressured on 29 dropbacks like he was in that game uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that was actually a Super Bowl record, as a matter of fact. So embarrassing, just flat-out embarrassing that it came down to that. And, yes, I know the Chiefs were in that game with – uh, four backup offensive linemen running the show, as a matter of fact, due to injuries with Eric Fisher, obviously guys opting out before the season began, and then as well as Mitchell Schwartz. But uh, at this point, there's no excuse. At this point, there's depth on this team. There's depth on the offensive line, as well as good quality starters as well. So the Chiefs did all they could here to fill up uh, their prospect list, their needs for this class. I don't think the Chiefs looked at this class and wanted to take best player available which is opposite of what I normally see them do I normally just see them take the best player available regardless of position someone's going to help that team right away similar to kind of what we thought about with Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year being taken in the first round with pick 32 so did the Chiefs need a running back I don't know maybe they knew Damian Williams was going to opt out going into the season so maybe that was something that was on their radar but it wasn't something a lot of people thought was going to for sure happen uh, as far as being a need and needing a running back. Of course, at the end of the day, they ended up needing Clyde edwards Lair. He was a big, productive part of this offense, and he was someone that Patrick Mahomes wanted all along on this team. But then again, I think he was probably the best player, best fit for the roster, and regardless of the need, they took him back then. Where this year, I think that the team looked at their needs, looked at their depth on their roster across the board, and just said, all right, let's go ahead and chip away at the holes on this team and build up some depth at all areas, offense and defense. But here's the thing. Overall, this draft class was not flashy. Uh, there's nothing that came out of this class that truly surprised me, any picks that surprised me. They went out there, you know, took a look at their their needs, what fit them the best in each situation and each round that they came up with, and went ahead and took their guys. So if I'm going to have to give this draft class a grade of some sorts, I'm going to give them a B-. minus. Uh, B minus only because almost by default, uh, if we want to include Orlando Brown Jr. in this draft class and pretend like he was one of our picks because we essentially gave up our you know first and third round picks to acquire him, then I would look at this and say, okay, this is probably an A minus draft class. So, uh, but as it sits currently, just you know picks 58 through 226, I'm going to give these guys a B minus on this one. I like the picks. I like what they added to the team. Um, I think we're going to have at least two starters come out of this, without a doubt. But otherwise, uh, this was primarily a draft class used to round out and fill out the depth on the roster right now. So uh, I do like the aspect of that because it does make a difference on the team, especially when you think about this. With a 17-game season now coming up in the NFL, you're going to want more rotational type of players on your roster. You're not going to want to have your, your main guys out there every single play if you can, you know, cut back here and there and a few snaps every once in a while throughout the games, especially those games that maybe 
don't matter as much or games that get out of hand early and you're willing to put in someone who wouldn't typically be seeing the field. Um, you can know, obviously rotate Bolton in there more frequently in the beginning stages of his career. Maybe rotate, like I said, uh, Cornell Powell, you know, and those guys, situations like that more frequently just to give the traditional starters a little bit more of a break in a prolonged season like we're going to have. So just something to keep in mind. I think that, um, you know, you, you might be as good as your weakest link, and that's something the Chiefs found out in the Super Bowl is that the Chiefs' weakest link was the offensive line, and it proved to be the truthful matter right there of, you know, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, he can't do everything on his own. He can't block for himself while he goes back to pass. So the weakest link on that team cost the team, cost the Chiefs even a chance to win that game in the Super Bowl because they were just bullied all over the field that day. And Andy Reid and company went into this and was like, all right, guys, we're going to fix this. This will never happen again. Patrick Mahomes will now be upright and not be having to run for his life nearly as often. Um, I guess we go here we go inching towards the 2021 NFL season here, which is just about three months away. All right, you guys, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. We are at Sports Buffoons. Also on Instagram as well. Give us a follow on there. And also with our YouTube channel as well. So check that out. We are live every Wednesday night. Our Spotify goes li- goes out and goes live every Thursday morning. So uh, I appreciate those of you out there listening in and tuning in to my solo this week. Uh, the full group will be back, of course, Wednesday as always. So we would love to have you guys join us in. I'm gonna. I'm curious to see the input we're gonna have from Tanner Dawson and Jason JG and what they're gonna think about with uh, the Chiefs draft class, and not even just the Chiefs draft class, but the entire draft. I'm curious what they think about some of the additions made, like Patrick Sertan II going to the Denver Broncos, or Asante Samuel uh, going to the Chargers. So I'm curious what they think is going to happen, and what maybe some of the AFC West was doing to combat the powerhouse that is the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in this current state of the AFC hierarchy. Uh, So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you all on the next one.